You're listening to the Practically Pastoring Podcast, where we want to help pastors and church leaders share ideas, become better shepherds and leaders, and have a good time with friends. Welcome back to the Practically Pastoring Podcast. My name is Frank. It is uh, it's a bit more empty today. Uh, it's just me here with my friend. Yeah, it's a bit more intimate. My buddy from Baltimore, Maryland. We got Jeff Simpson. How you doing, man? That's how you say there's not a lot of people here when you're a pastor. It's an intimate <laughs> yeah. setting. It's an intimate setting. Oh, is low? No, it's just, it's, a, it's, it's intimate. intimate. It's, or, or if you're feeling real grouchy, you say it's the remnant. Oh, dang. These are the real people. That's good. That's good. Well, um, yeah. So Andrew, Tim, and Delmar are unavailable this week. And so um, me and Jeff are here, and we are For excited. totally unreasonable reasons, too. Like... Yeah, yeah. Jaguar is winning or something. That's one. <laughs> Come that's on, one of the reasons why. Anyway, your children get out of here. <laughs> Priorities. Andrew's hungover. I mean, this is just all the reasons. We're starting rumors now that he's getting fired. No, but, no. Uh, it was a lady named Andrea, <laughs> oh, not yeah. Andrew, which I know was confusing a couple episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but Jeff, how are you doing? How was uh, how was worship your church this week? Oh, it was good. We um, I started a class last week, so that was good on Monday night. I just got done, just got done setting up for that class this week, trying some things with the live stream, you know, setting some tables up in the sanctuary. Uh, I've got only a couple people that recently moved from the church that um, wanted to be in the class, and uh, they signed up for the class before they knew they were moving, and then they moved. So we're really trying to make the live stream work for them. So going to try something different tonight. I have that class. I'm excited about it. Um, but yesterday was great. I was a little bit shorthanded. Um, this is, I'm sure big churches get shorthanded Sundays too, but in a small church, uh, sometimes it means the pastor has to do things like, um, mop floors right before Sunday morning and stuff like that. So yeah, we, uh, we were short in the sound booth. Um, I think the highlight of the service for me was since we didn't have a sound person and we didn't have any singers and it was just me singing and playing guitar. And then one other a uh, guy who has now agreed to be one of my elders, which I'm really excited about, playing Cajon. Um, the highlight of the service was my daughter sitting in the front row with her little friends, covering her ears and running back to the back of the room because the sound was too loud. <laughs> so, and I, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. I don't think you've ever played guitar and sung, right? You've played drums, though, in church. But I played drums when you're, and preached, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but when you're in the front of the, like, in a small room in a church, and the, like you can tell that the sound is too loud, but you're not sure if you, if it's too loud to everybody else or if it's just you. So things like that, you know, feedback like that is is pretty funny when it happens. So yeah, <laughs> I got a few comments after the service. Hey, it was kind of loud today, and I was like, yeah, I noticed my daughter covering her ears and running <laughs> to the back of the room. So so yeah, we need uh, we need we needed some more hands on deck this week, but uh, we are trucking along in Acts. We uh, we got to the end of Acts 11 this week, so. Um, when Barnabas goes to uh, to explore Antioch, so that was a fun, mm. it's a fun uh, fun time to just walk through the Bible. Something exciting that happened is uh, we had two younger people visit our church, which you know, in a small church in an area like ours, when young people show up, it's like, oh, oh my gosh, it's happening. You're like Michael Scott when the fire happens, <laughs> um, and uh, so they showed up, and they were, I was like, hey, you know, what brought you here today? Oh, we're visiting. We've you know, we've been living here in Baltimore for a few years, uh, and they said we used to go to an alliance church in Tampa. 
And I said, oh, what? Watermark? And they said, what? And I said, I know Tommy. I worked with him when I was in high school. And they said, what? It was pretty pretty fun. Uh, kind of a crazy connection to make there. So, yeah, you, I don't know if some, we'll... When someone says they went to a church in a different city and you can name the church, it's always like a boss moment. So much clout, dude. So much clout. <laughs> I know. <laughs> unless, unless they're coming from there with church hurt, which I don't oh, think was yeah. the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah so Watermark's crazy. a pretty cool place, so I don't think they were coming there for church hurt. But, That's so funny. Uh, but, yeah, that was really fun. So we had a good service. I had a elder meeting right after the service, just like a, a stand-up meeting. Uh, we mm-hmm. just kind of... We do tactical meetings once a month, and then um, I, I have a standing weekly prayer meeting time with the elders, but once a month or so, we'll do a tactical meeting, and like every once a quarter, we'll actually have a sit-down, more strategic meeting. But yeah. uh, that was good. So, you know, life and ministry is going well. My uh, mother-in-law is staying with us right now. She came up to escape the uh, – did you know there's a hurricane about to hit yeah. our old yeah. – our old homes, yeah. So we're, we're praying for you, Andrew why, and Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew is out right now with a drill putting plywood on his windows. Um, or at Disney no, World. But, he could be one of those places. Yeah, or he could be at Disney World. Yeah, I mean, you know a hurricane is serious when Disney closes. Yeah, When they don't close, sure. it's probably fine. For sure. So, yeah, my mother-in-law came up. She She's going to Vermont with us uh, in a couple of weeks on vacation. And uh, she just wanted to make sure that she didn't miss her flight. So she changed it to get here before the hurricane hit. So she's up hanging out. I think they're at like a corn maze or something today because the kids are off school. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I'm here at the church. What about you? How was your week? Um, so, uh, you know, being in a church where there's a, a pre- preaching rotation, when you get back-to-back preaching, it's it's kind of interesting. But the only problem is the back-to-back preaching was the oh, end. Oh, like you preached two weeks in a row. Right. I mean, is that, I, right. Yeah, and I preached, but I preached the end of one series and the beginning of a new series. So it's kind oh, of dude. like... There was no, like, bridge, so I couldn't, like, build on everything. So I closed out our previous series, and I started our new series. We're now in the book of Colossians. And um, this is the first time I ever had to preach a greeting. So I preached the first two verses in mm. Colossians. But, like, basically I just did it to set up the whole book. And, and it was it was cool. And I heard um, the service host at one of the campuses, they said, uh, uh, well, uh, great sermon from Pastor Frank. Never thought we could get 30 minutes from two verses. And uh, and everyone kind of had a big laugh on that, but it was it was a it was a good time, um, you know. I, I actually, as I've been preaching, you know, when I preach, I preach three times, three different services, and usually the first service in my mind would be the most rough, but then the second and the third service would be like the best. Like cause at that point, if my sermon isn't in- internalized by the first service, yeah, yeah. it's like the most internalized by like the third. Um, but this is one of the few times where I felt like both sermons were pretty internalized from the beginning and I didn't have, to, I didn't like shift anything or change anything towards the end. Um, um, I did do this. Okay. Actually, you're the first person I've told this to and now everyone's listening. So oh, what an honor. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> I think you know this, um, the, the, we do preaching kind of weird. I preach at two different locations on the Sunday I preach. And so what I right. do is you, I, you get in a car between I, services and go yeah. to a different spot. So at 9 a.m. I preach at one campus. Then I get in my vehicle and I drive to another campus. And then How after far? that, uh, 15 minutes, not even like maybe 12 minutes. Yeah, it's no it's traffic not, really Sunday. Yeah, it's not. It's not traffic isn't usually bad unless it's like weather or construction. But there, there wasn't on this Sunday. And then I get back in my car afterwards and then drive back to my um, to, to the first campus. And uh, oh, later, so you do one and three at the same campus and two at the other one? Correct. Correct. Like sermon number one, yep. go somewhere. Sermon number two, come back. Sermon number three. 
Correct. And then it. and the sermon number one is broadcasted to the other campuses, to the other two campuses. Um, so, because we have four campuses total. That, that's how the math works out. So, um, what's funny is as I pull up Sunday morning before the first service, I look at my car and my gas light comes on. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, it's, it's about five miles away. I'm like, okay, we are risking it. Dude, today. you need an intern for this. I, yeah, for real. I've never done it. Usually I'm pretty good at like looking at my gas tank by like Friday and like, oh, on Saturday I'll get yeah. gas. Totally like, I went to, um, my, <laughs> this is like getting really nerdy. I went to my first Comic Con on Saturday morning or Saturday during the day and, uh, my, I was just in comic book world the whole day. So I didn't think about filling my car up with gas. So um, I risked it. I came back, and all, it all worked out because, you know, I think we all assume we have 30 to 50 miles when the light comes on. And I was like, I'll spend 12 miles. I'll be fine. And But I felt like I was cutting it close. But, yep, sermon was good. Um, all that was fine. And uh, I, I am now – that evening, Sunday evening, I got to preach in the student ministry for their, like, fall, big fall kickoff. And that's fun. It's, just, it's, it's fun when you get to, like, preach differently. Like when you preach to adults, you use adult words. When you preach to students, you get to use teenage words. Use I like guess. student words, like yeet and stuff. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, I get to do stuff I don't normally do. Like I pull a kid on stage. Like there was one time where the verse of the top, like the the main verse, instead of me reading it, I literally just grabbed like, uh, like a seventh grade girl. And I said, "Can you read this?" And then she read it and crushed it. And I was like, "This is." This is what makes youth ministry fun. It's like there's no rule. And then so afterwards, you, you ask the kid, like, hey, how was my sermon? And they're like, it was pretty mid. <laughs> they would say that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, it was fun. I was exhausted. I went to bed. I slept so hard last night. So, Dude, I was exhausted, and I only preached one time. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would still be exhausted. Um, so oh, b- before we go any further, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. But uh, I wanted to ask Dude, you. Dude, I got two it, things. Two things, though. Two things. Tell Before me, we move me. on from from your experience, number one, you know how when we watch sports now we have all these Amazon stats of like with baseball, like they have all these cameras that can track like how far a ball goes and yeah. speed off the bat and all that cool stuff. And uh, I was thinking when you were saying you preach three times and like how much better you are the third one, we should figure out a way to install some kind of camera system with like an algorithm that tracks eye contact time. And see, like, how much more percentage of your sermon do you have eye contact in the Legit. third one yeah. as opposed to the first and the second sermon? That would be really interesting. You know, and then you could do, like, a stat cast, That's uh, like a wrap-up of your Sundays. Yeah. That'd be fun. And secondly, uh, <laughs> dude, you got to get on to-do list reminders in your iPhone app and set a reminder to repeat every week on Friday afternoon, hey, fill up your gas. Oh, that's, 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 how, what, that, that's what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. Stat cast would be like... Um, uh, Frank Gill looked at his notes 25% in the yeah, third service compared uh's to 45%. In his, in the oh, yeah, us, us, <laughs> or uh, long pauses that he pretends to be dramatic, but he's actually uh-huh. just reading ahead or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish there was a way to like describe, like record what happens in our brains when oh, we're either preaching or for me leading worship. I am, there are so many times when I've thought to myself, I am not even thinking about what I'm playing or singing right now. I'm thinking about the verbal transition, like three verses and a chorus from now. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just wild, like what happens after you've been doing this for a long time. Same I thing mean, with preaching. Like I'll be finishing a sentence and not thinking about what I'm saying. I'm thinking about like the transition two points down. Or, or like there's the times where in my sermon I'm like preaching and I'm like, 
in my mind, I'm like, I can't wait to get to the second point because I oh, know yeah. that better, and I know that that will get a response. Or like th- sometimes the other things I'm thinking about while I'm preaching is like this guy who's walking down the middle aisle. Is he yeah. going to have a seat, or is he about to attack me? <laughs> or like <laughs> facial expressions? Like is that their yeah. is that their concentration face, or did I just offend them and not know it? Or <laughs> this is this is so niche and nuanced. I love it. Or um, I've looked at this person too long. They probably think yeah. I'm like angry at them. I need to look at oh, other yeah. people. It's so, yeah. it's so funny, like, dude. Yesterday in my sanctuary, there's like I don't know seventy ish chairs, and they're roughly half and half in two like sections with an aisle in the middle and it it had to be more than two-thirds of people were on one side so i was looking that direction like 80 percent of the sermon yeah and i was fighting myself the whole time like you know this person thinks i'm just probably thinks i'm looking at them the whole sermon yeah but i wasn't it's it's, i wonder if people know like sometimes i look for people like i wonder like is so and so here and as I'm preaching, I'm like scanning the audience, looking. I'm like, I don't know where they're at. Or, well, or you you make like uninte- un like unconscious eye contact with someone yeah. when you make a point that you know will especially either hit with them or not. Yeah. And you kind of accidentally look at them, and then you're like, oh, I, I don't want to look at them. And I can think <laughs> I'm talking about them. <laughs> I, I intentionally try not to look to people when it, to, to if I'm worried that they think it's about them. Because like the, the number one rule I learned is a long I learned this. Uh, pretty early on in student ministry, because I got burned by this, is you don't preach to an individual. Otherwise, right. you'll like, it'll, it'll go bad. So if I feel like any example or topic I have may be too close to home for someone, I let the Holy Spirit deal with them, but I don't look at them because I don't want them to even think it's about them. So anyways, um, hey, so it's just you and me, Jeff. Uh, uh, what, what, what people, some people might know this is that like, I've known you for a long time. We went to Baba college together. Um, we just have so much history and we did, we did a lot of mystery together. I often joked that we would be like, um, you would be, uh, Chris Tomlin and I would be, uh, Louis what's that guy's name? the guy from, uh, Louis Giglio. I'll be Louis Giglio. Um, and, uh, and anyways, we had, we, we did a t-shirt printing company. Yeah, we did a t-shirt printing company. and Were um, we in each other's weddings? You weren't uh, in my wedding. Was I in your wedding? N- yeah, you were in my I know wedding. I, was, yep, I, I know I was your at your wedding. Because you got married. You were in my wedding. But um, okay. you were... Um, I got married like was six like, months before, like, bef- before we met. Before we so met. So like we didn't... Yeah, yeah I yeah, didn't yeah. know that I, that I hadn't met my best man yet, you know? <laughs> there you go. That's what, yeah. <laughs> so, that's such a diss to the person who was actually your best man. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, but, um, but I mean, there's, uh, some fun memories. I mean, I, there's been countless concerts, Christian hip hop concerts, Christian metal concerts where we were selling t-shirts together. And, uh, when we did sacrament media, it was such a cool thing. Cause it literally was like such a spawn of like, nerdy Bible college kids learning oh, yeah. like a- literally ancient truths or like church history and thinking this would be a cool metal shirt. Like one of our most popular shirts that we made was uh, Luther. Um, and and it said like, here I stand, I can do no other, right? Yeah. Like like that shirt. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. There was a, there was a couple of things. I think it shirts. said I cannot recant. I cannot recant. That's what it was. It was basically yeah. the same moment or whatever. Um, yeah. There was just a bunch of just like, 
Yeah, there's it was this dope stuff that we made. Lots of dope conversations, really interesting opportunities. Um, you know, the fact that you and I both know KB and he's like the biggest one of the biggest Christian hip hop artists uh, around, and and like he was like we were just throwing shirts out of him and he would just wear it on stage and we, you know it's just it was so we we like and designed he'd wear it on stage shirts. and. And the ink would like come off the shirt <laughs> as he was wearing it because we didn't we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, for real, for real, for real. But um, but man, it was just so many so many fun memories. But there was also like some not fun non ministry memories. You were saying offline um, that it's like the annual anniversary of something really dumb that. Well, we, we did. were in a worship band together too. The reprise. The reprise. Well, Shout before that, we were in the Trinity College band, chapel band together too. Yeah, yeah. And then the we best, were in the, the reprise. Band, the best band Trinity College ever produced. Even though, well, like, I don't know. Chris Cootie, Chris Cootie was there. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> he like <laughs> wrote a good song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but, um, but yeah. So, what was the? We were driving. What happened? Yeah. Well, we had. Uh, I don't remember if I had the potato cannon before I knew you or not. But we had a potato cannon, and uh, we got our little band got hired to go lead worship at. Uh, remember our bass player Bob Dross, like high school or something. It was like a two hours away, and it was a Christian school. Um, and we were driving there that day, and it was you and me and Bob and Chad Corey in yeah. the car. And uh, we were driving back on one of the kind of back roads back across the state of Florida, which if you've never been there, there's a lot of cows. Um, there's a lot of just two-lane roads with, uh, you know, m- uh, post fences with barbed wire with cows. And we were bored, and we had a potato gun in the car because, of course, we did. And um, we decided to shoot it out the window, driving about 60 miles an hour down the road to see if we could hit a cow. And uh, that video lives on Facebook, as well as there's a video. I don't know if you remember this, but we were at a church in Tampa that had a gym that kind of was set up like House of Blues. Remember that? Oh, and I, uh, yeah, Oakwood. I think it was called Oakwood. Oakwood, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah, I, yeah. I re- and this is on video, and I went up and I grabbed a basketball. I went up a stairwell. <laughs> <laughs> and on the landing of the stairwell, and this is when Robin Big was a popular thing, and everybody yeah. was trying to starting to do trick shots. Mm. And I really just first try grabbed a basketball, went up in a stair landing, like probably I don't know fifty, sixty feet away from the basketball hoop, and just threw the ball, and it went in first try. And you were filming; it was amazing. I should I should submit that to some kind of dude perfect contest because it'd probably be pretty good. Yeah, I mean the and, quality. Uh, that was, is that's like... another fun memory, and that was on like. That was like a Tuesday morning. We were there yeah. because we were scouting the place out to do a concert. Yep, yep, yeah. I mean, that video is probably recorded in 140p, but like, but like, still. Yeah. We probably could like trend somewhere. Still awesome. That. It was still awesome. Yeah, I mean, the potato cannon is for sure illegal, but the Statue of Limitations is like, it was 15 it's years over. ago or something. Yeah, yeah. But um, we didn't actually hit a cow, so I mean. Yeah, I mean, I often think about like, man, there's so many fun memories as being like a. A college kid with no responsibilities and like just like very very part time church responsibilities, yeah. And being able to like just travel and do stupid stuff and, but like also do like like I remember that school we went to and we were probably the I mean maybe I'm self inflating my mind in this but like we were probably the best worship gig that they probably had at that school ever because <laughs> it just seemed like it was a pretty stiff school you know what I'm saying. Um, For but, sure we uh, had we had I mean I don't know much you know I haven't been at the school in a long time but. In the years right after we left, I don't think they had a group of guys that were as tight of friends as we were in the in the little worship band that we had. So, 
sure. know that oh, that really yeah. like they like we had chemistry that I don't know that they had you know after oh, that yeah. because I, we I, were I, all not only were we all playing because at Trinity if you're in the worship major you play in the chapel band and get part credit yeah and that year those those two or three years it was just a group of us that were all like buddies we all just hung out and played music together and it just so happened we played at our school too yeah so that made it all the be- all the more fun because it was like we already had that chemistry <laughs> i'm just thinking about like there were some fun times where we, we like this we did some oh cool i'm thinking covers. of all the crazy stuff that happened in rehearsal too and we'd yell oh, yeah. at each I, other and get I mad just at each other of, dude you're thinking of this like <laughs> the fight we had because someone couldn't stay on tempo yeah and like we're like no they were, we're playing the wrong chord and i was looking at their hand I was watching a guy's hand play the wrong chord, and I was like, "Bro, that's an F. You need to play F sharp." <laughs> and he was like, "Why you only get on me?" And I, in my anger, I was like, "Because you're the only one that makes mistakes." <laughs> was so oh, rude, so man. wrong. We were, it was, we were. I don't know. Anyways, this podcast is probably boring to people, but it's, it was so, it was such a good time, and I'm sure we all have these memories. But hey, you know where memories are made at conferences, conferences. as well. And so we are going to have the Practically Pastoring Conference. We have some fun memories last year of just really awesome times, wasting our time on the beach, hoping to catch a shark that we never yeah, got. Yeah, shark fishing. <laughs> shark fishing. That just ended up getting like sand fleas or whatever, but it was so fun. It was, and, it was uh, worth it, dude. Yeah, and hanging out by that pool um, and and uh, eating amazing food and talking. And, uh, you know, the Sunday Cool Guys showed up. I mean, there's so many fun memories that happened. And we're going to make new ones next year. And for year. anybody that comes in not in the, like, hot humidity south of Florida, like, it's a nice little break from winter in the middle of February. It is. It's You know? It, I'm looking forward to it already. It's getting chilly here. It's like in the 60s It right is now. getting chilly here. I'm, I'm really excited about it right now, but I know by the time we get to February, it's and it's like bad. Christmas is over, it's just dark all the time, and everything's gray and dead. Yeah. It's nice to go and uh, have, a little, have a little summer in the yep. middle of February at the Practically Pastoring Conference. February 20th to the 22nd, practicallypastorateconference.com. If you go there, if you want a, um, if you want a, a promo code, um, you can DM me. But please know if you DM me, I will take a screenshot and show it to all the other guys. <laughs> so that way I have full accountability and never be accused of anything. Full accountability. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm excited about it. February 20th, 22nd. Um, we have a hotel that, we have, that has a conference rate. So I'll be yep. putting that on the website. It's going to be really exciting. <laughs> but anyways, uh, go to practicallypastoringconference.com. We are excited. We hope to see you there February 20th to the 22nd. All right. So uh, I asked some questions in the Facebook group about um, what do what, what kind of questions do people want to know from us. Uh, we're taking questions. And we got two questions. Uh, and I should have asked earlier because I asked it last minute. One is really quick. Because um, it doesn't, it's not that important. Puffy or crunchy Cheetos? I have a strong opinion about this. Okay, go for it. I think Puffy's better. Oh, we're on the same boat. Yeah, <laughs> I like well, both. Yeah, I don't have to pick one or the other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like asking me if I want, you know, pumpkin spice or salted caramel in my coffee, and my answer is yes. Yeah, but I'll prefer pumpkin spice. Yeah, yeah. Now I just think- here's a here's a here's a. I don't know if this is a Latin thing. A Hispanic thing, but all everybody in my on that side of my family does this. Puffy Cheetos, squeeze a lime juice on top. Oh, incredible! Interesting. So good. I know it sounds weird. Never had it. But if you think about it, listen. If you think about it, one of my favorite snacks is the Fuego Takis. 
Okay. Which also have the combination of cheese and lime. Right? Tacos, cheese and lime in them, usually good. So give it a try next time. You, you get some puffy Cheetos. I like the uh, I like the long ones, not the balls. Although the balls yeah. are good too, but the the long ones. Um, and every youth every youth room has that gigantic plastic clear tin of cheese balls. I don't know why, but they do. And but get I'll, the long puffy Cheetos and put them in a bowl and squeeze a bunch of lime juice on top and eat that and tell me if it's not amazing. It might be amazing. Sounds good. But here's a here's a question from CJ. He says, "I have a vacation next week." First one in a couple of years. What does your week prior to vacation look like, and how available are you during vacation? Um, so I went on sabbatical uh, for three weeks. Uh, this is technically June. not a vacation, to be it's fair. Not a vacation, but, but the prep work felt similar. There's some, yeah. And, there's yeah. Some and so, um, so I have some thoughts about this, but I want to hear your thoughts because you are about to go on vacation, like you just said. Oh, praise God! I am about to go on vacation. About to go leaf. <laughs> I'm about to go leaf peeping in Vermont. Now no, I was going to look real quick. Leaf peeping? Never heard of it. That's when, that's when you travel somewhere just to watch the leaves change. <laughs> yeah, that's what they call. Okay. Does it sound weird to you? Because you're acting like it sounds weird. Leaf peeping? I've never heard. Yeah, of that leaf before. like you're peeping at the leaves. Leaf it, peeping. It, the, the the image in my mind is just leaves are falling <laughs> on the ground and you're just picking up the. What does the underside look like? That's what it sounds. I mean, like. that's I what my seven year old daughter does. <laughs> so. Uh, no, what I do, so the, so I always, well, I don't say always, but 80% of the time when I'm going to be out of town last year, I went to Florida five times. So I went through this experience a lot, not all of them for vacation, but like you said, the prep is the same, whether I'm leaving for a week because I have to go to a court date or something, uh, for foster care or because I'm going on vacation, the prep to leave is the same. So, um, as far as availability while I'm gone, I'll start there. I don't really notice a big difference between when I'm in in maryland and when i'm not i don't know if that's just like a culture thing or because we have cell phones now but i don't really notice a huge difference and i mean when i'm on vacation with my family one of the things i like about vermont where i stay where we go to vermont there isn't great cell service so it's kind of like taken care of for me because i just can't i just can't get to it but i do set i usually set my email with a auto answer when i'm going to be gone um we have gmail for the church so i just set that and then I just my phone will just be on do not disturb most of the time, and then, you know, at night after the kids are in bed and maybe I'm just kind of hanging out on vacation, I might check my phone to see if there's any emergencies. But frankly, um, my church has been. I think this is a church culture thing. I think if you're in a church that's a small church that's like totally dependent on you for all pastoral care, I think you got to change that culture. Uh, I think you got to make it to where people are okay with, like, one of the elders coming to visit them in the hospital. Um, and my church is like that. I, I think that's partly because they were without a pastor for a year before I got here. So a couple of the elders just got used to doing that. Sometimes I find out someone's in the hospital, and they've already been visited once or twice. And I find out – and nobody's, like – nobody's ever that I know of been mad at me for not knowing first. Um, so that part of it is really not an issue for me. But I know, guys, that that is an issue where – like they feel like they have to be on twenty four seven, because if someone if something happens, the pastor has to know. And um, you know, if that's you, I would just work on trying to empower some other leaders. But as far as like prepping before I leave, I do a lot of the like uh, techie stuff at our church. So I manage the website and post the things on YouTube and all that. So um, I try to use like for our social media, I use the Facebook business page. 
um, a lot to pre you know schedule things. Um, I usually will preach the Sunday morning and we will leave right after church. And I will almost always try to schedule um, my Sunday off that next Sunday so that I'm not thinking about prepping a sermon like for when I get back. I always try to preach and leave and have someone – if I'm, I'm going to have somebody cover one Sunday, I'm going to have them cover the Sunday after I get back, not the Sunday before I leave. I'd rather leave later on a Sunday night and not have a sermon coming. While I'm on vacation, some guys do it the other way. I don't know how they do it. Some guys will like leave and not be at church on Sunday and someone will preach. But then when they get back, they have to preach again. So I know I can prep ahead of time, but it just it's going to be in my mind. My mind just doesn't work that way. If I know I'm preaching on a Sunday coming, I'm thinking about it. So it doesn't matter if I've already you know done the work or whatever. I'm going to be thinking about it, looking at it, tweaking it. You know, this week I told my wife I probably changed a third of my sermon on Sunday morning. Um, before the service. So that's just how it is for me. And uh, so, yeah, I'll I'll schedule somebody to preach the week following when I return. So I'll leave on a Sunday like this time. We're leaving on Sunday afternoon. We're driving to the to the ski resort in Vermont. We'll get there Monday evening. I'll be there. We'll be there all week and we'll get back home the next Sunday night. So I won't even be in Maryland on Sunday morning. So for me, the biggest little the the list of little things to cover is uh like all the passwords for getting into things like spotify and whatever software you use for lyrics and planning center and making sure all those little things are covered i have i am actually one of the projects i have for this week is to make like a little handbook for the tech booth this maybe is more of a small church thing but like here's you know push this button turn this on Here's the password for Spotify. Here's how you get this. The batteries are over here. Like all those little things that just sort of live in my head that I just know how to do at 830 on a Sunday morning before anybody's there yet at nine. You need to have like, you know, assume assume you get in a car accident and you're just out for weeks or maybe, you know, you you leave or something. You have an emergency. How are people going to be ready? That's how you should prep for vacation. Mm, And honestly, it's a great thing. I mean, there's been multiple weeks now where I'm like. I've been so used to in our small church doing so many of those things on Sunday that since we've had a new influx of people and there's like a whole team of people now on Sunday, it's like I like will be on Sunday morning like I don't have anything to do. Mm. And it's like, no, that's this is how it should be. I should just be able to just come here and prep and and do a little prayer and walk around and say hi to people and get ready to preach. Mm. So that does happen to me now, and it's great. So I would just say make that, you know, your priority to kind of make it so that only you're only doing what only you can do, right? I mean, we've all heard that, and just make that a culture thing. Give yourself some grace; it'll take some time, and people will people will no show on you, and you have to know how to do stuff. But mm. as much stuff as you can have written down, uh, the better. You know, make yourself Google Docs, uh, even things like this. I have Google Docs of all the supplies that we need for uh, communion. Like I have a weekly supply list for communion. And I split it into expendable and non-expendable. Expendable is stuff that we use up and we want to make sure we have enough for two weeks all the time. And then non-expendables like with communion would be like the trays. And we replace stuff like that when it gets broken. So I have one like that for communion. I have another one for cleaning supplies. I have another one for coffee Sunday morning supplies. We have one for children's church. And I print these these off and they have like check boxes and I hang them in strategic spots for those particular ministries 
and the people that run those ministries know at the end of the week they go and check the boxes of the things that we need to buy. And then either myself or somebody goes on like Thursday or Friday and makes sure that we're supplied up. So doing those kind of things before you leave for vacation would be good too. Um, that's good. I, I know when I when I went on sabbatical, I I I, I guess what I do is when I go on vacations, I try to meet strategically with all my key leaders. So like my worship leader, yeah. my connections person, um, my kids person, and so I try. I think I have a regular schedule of like once a month for some and every other week for others. But I always, always, always have that week before um, yeah. my vacation to be a week where I meet with all of them. And I think even if right now you don't have a consistent practice of that, um, making sure you do that the week before you go on vacation, one, is like a soft version of pastoral care. You're like caring for them by like asking them how they're doing, how can you serve them. And almost I would say I, – I always ask this kind of question and say this like, hey, how are you doing? How's your ministry? How can I help make your ministry – uh, easier or better and is there anything you need from me right that if i'm gone next week that that you won't have access to me what can i do for you this week and typically don't like we'll maybe walk through some conversations of like well you know like like we just said we're, we're low on communion supplies okay well would you like me to make the order can i empower you to make the order and we revert, right. like well, what are the things that we can do that, that, that kind of stuff and having those conversations ahead of time is like hyper helpful um like you, I, I love what you said. We actually, because I service host, there is like a ton of, or not service, since I'm the campus pastor and I service host, there's like a, a bunch of things in my head that no one else has, like what doors to unlock and lock, right. What where like some light switches are not the most obvious of where they are, right. um, if there's any passwords on air conditioning units, like all those type of different things that like, I have a Google Doc, but I kind of protect that doc so only like certain people can that need to see it see it. And yeah. so like if I know on this Sunday these people are in the building, I'll share that doc with them and be like, hey, here's codes to doors, here's the doors I lock, here's right. the doors I unlock, all that kind of stuff. And that way, it, it's, it, it might be – I'm sure the document you're making might actually be like oversharing things that people might already know even. But like having it on paper – will be like a mental checklist for people to be able to go through and be like, oh, I know what door to unlock, but it's good that it's on this paper. And, yeah. and, and so that stuff is helpful. And then here's the the other side of that question. Jeff said, you said that um, uh, where you are going has bad self-service, so it kind of like helps you not have to deal with like work stuff while you're on vacation, is, you know, the I go on Google Calendar first and I make sure that it says I'm unavailable through that week. I go to Gmail and I put a an away message. So it always right. says like someone emails me, it'll come back saying, Hey, Frank's on vacation, but please reach out to so and so and so and so if you have any questions or emergencies. And we kind of have a system here where like if someone from church calls you or texts you while you're on vacation, you just don't respond. Like it's kind of, you, I mean if you want to be courteous and say you're on vacation, you can, but like you just don't do that for your own personal boundary and your own yeah. personal like whatever. But um, if there is an emergency, whoever is on your away message, like that person will make the decision to call you or not. So that way, right. if you do get a phone call while you're on vacation, if it's from this one person, you know, it's you, important. Yeah. You should answer it. You know what I'm saying? Like your church is on fire or something like that. But other than that, like even like hospital visits and stuff like that, like that'll go to other pastors on staff and, and, um, and people for the most part will understand like, oh, pastor Frank's on vacation. 
I understand. I understand why they're not around. Like, and no, people that are mature will reprioritize the thing they thought was so important. Yeah. If they're like, oh, I need to talk to the pastor about this, and then you, they find out you're on vacation, mature people will be like, ah, you know what? It could wait till he gets back. Yeah. 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 That's good. That's good. I would say it like this. Like, as far as the Sunday morning, like, prepping your team so they're ready, you want to set them up for success so that when you get back from vacation, it's like they didn't notice you were gone that much. That's good. Like, that that should be kind of a goal in your mind. Like, yeah. you get back from vacation, like, how was it? And they're like, oh, everything was smooth. That's what mm-hmm. you want. You don't mm-hmm. want you come back and then be like, oh, my gosh, you know, eight things didn't work. The live stream didn't work. And Never leave again. And the microphones. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're now frustrated because you're like, why don't you know this stuff? And the reality is they don't know because you didn't tell them. Yeah. I mean, it's down to little things. Like, yesterday... We got, I know this is so minute and, and minutia, but we got a new mop bucket. And I didn't think to show the person how to use it. Yeah. And so they were using it completely wrong, <laughs> or they weren't utilizing it for like what it could have done. And it was making the floor super wet. They weren't drying. The per- that volunteer is now frustrated. And all it took was for me to show them, oh, no, this thing spins, and that's how you use it. And so yeah. it like works really good. And they were like, oh. So it's just a matter of like over-communicate, yeah. you know? Where are the where where are the trash bags? Where are the paper towels? Exactly. Where's the toilet paper? Like th- things that like yeah we know, but like most people who come on Sunday morning don't. And so if you over communicate that, I and think- if you have particular things that need to happen a particular way, like you said, paper towels, we have real specific paper towels that go in our little paper towel holders. If I don't specify those ones, I'll come back and there'll be paper towel rolls everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like you know that's annoying. And so just specify, like, if it's something that really matters and specify. And I would say over, like, maybe have one or two extra people on the team Mm. the week you're gone. That's good. You know, maybe even create a spot on your team for, like, kind of like a, a, almost like you would have a a service host. Maybe have, like, a service prep, like, MC, who's kind of like the the, the point person for overseeing everything and, and maybe train that person. And then, you know, what might happen is when you get back from vacation, you might have a way easier time on Sunday mornings if that person wants to keep doing that, which would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. whether it's an elder or a deacon, I think it's wise to have, like, a point person. Like, if yeah. whatever question you would ask me as a pastor, mm-hmm. ask this person. Like, this is the person you're going to. And I kind of make everyone aware of it. I think the more I, I think about it, like, we, we, I've been doing this practice here for a, for a while. But, like, to ask the question, what does your week before look like in preparation for vacation? You should be thinking like it should be regular, yeah. It should be like, like start like working with your people a month in advance, so that yeah. way people already know this stuff. So that the week before is literally just like a debrief. Like, okay, I'm leaving next week. Is there anything that's still up in the air that you don't know about? And yeah. some of these other questions are already have already been settled with. But and I like, would say too, like as far as the service itself, don't make the week you're gone the like complicated service with a bunch of moving parts. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I would make it a regular average. There's going to be four songs and a couple prayers and a message from somebody within our church. Don't make that the week you invite four missionaries to come speak with their <laughs> own PowerPoint presentations and they go long and what do we do? And so that that's that's another thing to think about with that. Or or child dedications, baptisms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Don't do that like stuff. Things that are like yeah, um, yeah. That's good. Um, well, that, I mean. Everyone goes on vacation, Lord willing. Everyone goes out, goes away, and these discussions are important. Yeah, and you should. Yeah, you should take. If you have three weeks of vacation or two weeks, take of vacation, all of it. 
take every single day. There's two things that like I have a, I have a rule in, in ministry. I have a book budget in my church. I don't I, I forgot what the number is, but it's like a certain dollar amount that I could buy for books, for commentaries and stuff like that. Spend every dollar. Like at the end, before the end of the year, mm-hmm. make sure you buy every book that you wanted to buy or can buy. And then secondly, take every vacation day. Don't you, you not going on vacation isn't saving your church money. Like you going on vacation yeah. is burning you out. So yeah, and you not going on vac- vacation isn't you being tough. It's you being foolish. Yeah, go on vacation. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's better to do the hard work between nine to five to prep for your vacation than to not go on vacation and just keep working. Like it's. It's good. Go on vacation. Hey, one more uh, thing I want to talk about. There's an article that came out religious news, religion, religion news that you sent me, Jeff. <laughs> religious nudes? What? It's <laughs> no, not what I. It's not what I said. <laughs> if anything, I said religious news, but it's Got religion it. news. Uh, is, the Lord blessed me with a fat tongue. I don't know. All right. So, and my lights went off. Um, all right. So, uh, it's interesting because I actually have a lot of opinions of this. So the title said Jehovah's Witnesses to return to door knocking, a sign of a new COVID-19 stage. And so uh, everyone knows Jehovah's Witnesses who knock on your doors to tell you about what the Watchtower says about Jesus and all that kind of stuff. Everyone has experienced this. Everyone has different reactions to it. Um, But during COVID, they stopped doing it. But what was interesting is they, we were talking about this offline is uh, we've had the same experience. So this must be like a national thing or worldwide. I don't know. But this is a national thing. Instead of knocking on doors, they've been writing letters. But, Jeff, what's interesting about these letters that kind of creep me out is they write my name. Yeah. And they, they know my name, and it's handwritten. So every time I get a letter, I'm like, oh, who wrote me a, a note? And it's the Jehovah's Witnesses. And my thing is, how do they know my name? Like, how do they know my name? In, they, like, they must have access to some sort of database that knows that I live at this place. And so that kind of creeps me out that they have that kind of access well, it's, that. I mean, it's a public record. It's not like it's a secret. But how do you 4. get that? Point, Four point nine thousand people on Facebook also know your name. So I mean, but not my address. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's the part. It's like they know yeah. my name to my address. That's the part that I'm yeah. kind of like unusual. And there, there has to be a database. Like, yeah, there, there is. It's public record. Yeah. But um, I know, like, when we do mailers, like for like the church, it'll probably say current resident or something like that. But like, yeah. I don't know. It's just I thought that was really interesting that they have access to some sort of database that I'm unaware I'm a, I'm unaware of, and I'm not even saying I want that database. I'm saying that's weird. I, it feels weird, but um, but I read it, and it, one thing I kept thinking about was the way my letter was written was Frank. You're probably distressed with the news and the and the you know coming on TV with COVID nineteen and all this stuff that's happening. You're probably wondering if there's any hope. Well, let me tell you about the hope we found in God or something. And right. My, thi- my thing is it's like, you don't know me. First off, how do you know my name? And you don't know me. You don't know anything about me. I'm just really confused as to how they got this information and all the assumptions that they're making based on this this thing. But based on this article, the Jehovah's 19, the Jehovah's 19, the Jehovah's Witnesses are returning to door knocking um, it looks like that they have made a decision to do that. There was like a court appeal for them to be able to do that because I think um, there was some states that were prohibiting to do that. And, and they said that it would violate their First Amendment right to protect free speech. And it, w- it went against like prohibiting them from doing that. Went against yeah, it's like religion. part of their religious doctrine too, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, I guess – 
I, I guess one thing I wanted to I wanted to ask you two questions, or one's the questions and one is like just a thought. The the thought is, you know, as much as like I believe Jehovah's Witnesses have a wrong gospel, like they don't believe in the Jesus of the scriptures. Their scriptures have been corrupted. I I can talk not about historic that. Orthodox Christianity. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, and so, like, besides that, there's, I always feel like them and the Mormons have this, like, unique sense of, like, Mission. duty to their faith that, like, yeah. I so admire. You know, like, like these people, like, I, I know, though they weren't door knocking, what they have been doing is standing on street corners um, in certain cities with, like, their, with their pamphlets and stuff like that. And, like, they're not necessarily tapping people's shoulders, asking them to come talk to them. They're just kind of quietly waiting there's something about their like faithfulness and maybe you could say it's legalism maybe you could say it's off compulsion but like this organization has convinced people to go door to door to share their faith and that's like pulling teeth in most evangelical churches you know um so i don't know i just i've always admired that so i don't know take that with what you will but my question is this is they're returning to knocking now in this stage of after COVID-19 or in COVID-19. And I guess my question to you is, there's a lot of things that we have to shift and change for the past two years, but is there anything coming back that you're like, okay, we're in this new change, this new place. We're bringing this back that we haven't done since, you know, late 2019, early 20. Well, I will say this too about the Jehovah's Witnesses. They're going to be talking into a lot of ring cameras. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know what I'm for saying? Sure. A lot of people are not just, are just going to not answer their door. Yeah. Um, yeah. What things are we bring back? I mean, uh, for us, I don't know that there was a ton of stuff that we stopped doing during COVID that we're not going to bring back. The only thing I can think of is passing plates during the service. We have totally switched now to either online texting or the box in the back wall. And uh, that's the only thing that's really changed. But um, as far as things that we're starting to do again is like um, more outreach things. Like we we just started doing movie nights, outdoor movie nights again because it got nice and cool. In-person stuff. Um, potlucks are back on the, on the schedule or family feasts as I call them, cause we don't believe in luck. Um, but, uh, yeah, those are back on the schedule for every fifth Sunday. So, uh, we have one in October coming up. We didn't have those for a while with COVID. Um, and then like my class tonight, you know, those kind of things are back at our church. So, but as far as, you know, as far as evangelism goes, I, I do think the critique I would make of the Jehovah's Witnesses that they are making a particular method of evangelism like the doctrine itself whereas you know i feel like for us we're we're saying yeah evangelism is central and yeah we can have a conversation about how serious we are about it um but we don't like make a particular method um the thing that we you know will go to court about um so you know that that would just be a critique of one critique of jehovah's witnesses but yeah, I can't think of anything like real particular that it's like, ooh, we should start doing this again, um, other than the things that were just normal part of our discipleship. Part of that for us is because when I came, you know, our church is in this redeveloping status. So I made all those kind of changes before COVID even hit, where it was like we were making a big sh- a shift in culture. So it's just we're bringing back the in-person stuff even more now in these last, you know, six months or eight months or whatever. What about you guys? The the two biggest areas for sure has been how we do communion okay. and our greeting. So um, so what I mean by that is this is we I think like a lot of churches we started We have changed those too, now that you we, say it it reminds yeah, me so the communion to go stuff, I mean no one liked it. No, I hated I mean, it. 
There's no person that's like, I got the good brand. Like, it's all it's all gross. Yeah, but... nobody opens it and is like, ooh, the one that sticks <laughs> to the roof of my mouth. Yes. <laughs> it, yeah, so, um, so we test piloted. So here's the issue I think we're facing. The way we used to do communion was in tinction, which is where you get the we, – we have, like, I think a bunch of sourdough bread. I think it was sourdough bread. Um, and they'd cut it up in chunks, pre, pre-cut up, and then people would grab a chunk, and then they would dip it in a shared chalice, which is always – which is always gives me nerve – makes me nervous because um, Milwaukee is very uh, Catholic. And so I'm always worried that someone's just going to grab the chalice and take a sip from it. But no one does that. The worst thing that happens is that people dip a little too much and their fingers get dipped in there. But um, I know it's pretty gross. And so immediately we're like, oh, actually, I remember the first, the first, yeah, the first Sunday, the first Sunday when COVID kind of hit the country, it was like in March or whatever, we were getting nervous about it. And it was like the week before the shutdown, the last life service, I led communion and I remember we were prepping and we were like talking about, do you think COVID's going to affect communion moving forward? And I, nah. made, a, I made a joke and I said, uh, the Holy Spirit protects us from all germs. That was ignorant. I should have never said that or whatever. Some people thought you were serious. I, they probably still think I'm, they're probably quoting me right now. Frank said, the Holy Spirit protects you from germs. But, um, but uh, I, I, I think one thing that I feel convicted by moving forward is like, you know, we probably won't go back to, to, to intinction. But I would love to go back to – I've seen some churches do it this way where they'll have like individual plastic cups f- yep. of, of the juice of the, of the cup and then they'll have the same cups. They'll have yep. the chunk of bread in there and you just get like the pear, right? You stack them, yeah. Or you stack them, right? Depending on how – Yeah, like, I think Delmar it. actually told us about that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's the way we should do it. Like that's the way – because that way you can have better bread and better juice. Um, so – but we test pilot Intinction again at one of our campuses where they had Intinction and they had the community to go. And they said it was like 50-50. But there were some people who were very vocal against Intinction. Um, and so um, I don't know what we're going to do with that. All I know is that we will go back to a diff- to a, more of a traditional way of doing communion than the prepackaged stuff. But I don't know what we're going to do. The other thing is this, is our worship pastor – the global one who who's oversees all campuses desperately wants us to go back to uh, greeting one another in the beginning of the service. We used to do it between the first and second song. Or that's my doorbell. <laughs> we, it's a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, for real. Um, we actually did it um, between um, not the first and second song, but <laughs> I just got what you just said. It was a Jehovah's Witness. It wasn't. <laughs> or it was the greeting after the announcements before the sermon. We used to do a greeting. And um, we stopped doing it for a long time. But the worship pastor, when he would lead, he would, like, sneak it in there, like, between songs. He'd be like, hey, greet the person next to you or whatever. Um, and then this past Sunday, and it was a part of my sermon. In the beginning of the service, in the beginning of my sermon, I encouraged people to greet someone next to them. At the end of my sermon, the reason why I told them to do that is because I wanted people to know the names of the people next to them, to see them as brothers and sisters in Christ and not just yeah. – people who happen to share the same space as you. So it was tied to my message. Um, and I'm hoping maybe that this will be the beginning of, hey, let's just bring back greetings because it's just a thing that like, I don't know, it's sweet. I know Tim brought it back a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think Andrew said he's doing it. So I'm sure Delmar never stopped doing it. <laughs> so, so I mean, well, be, one thing we did that 
you know, that you could have done or you could do in different situations. And this is what we do with our giving now that we don't pass offering plates or anything. We, you know, we just have a spot in the service where, um, you know, I would just encourage people to think about doing little, little creedal moments, little, um, you know, catechistic sort of moments where you, you know, we have a little statement, a little proclamation that we make between the last two or three songs about giving. And it just, you know, basically is like, you know, we, we respond to our father who has provided everything for us by giving. We do this as an act of worship and as an acknowledgement of his provision for us, something like that, that acknowledges that that moment. And we were doing that for a while with greeting as well, before we were greeting again, we would have some kind of statement of like, we're part of a body of faith. We believe in the community of saints and we see each other as brothers and sisters. So it kind of filled that void of acknowledging that we, we live in community with one another. But I, I've said this a bunch of times, I know, but we're still doing communion at the end of the service. So I will – I'm actually thinking about flip, flipping the service again uh, real kind of drastically. Um, but what we do now is we'll have uh, a song or a call to worship or a call to worship and then a song – and those are usually call and response. And then um, a couple more songs, a prayer time. This week we showed like a four-minute missions video from our denomination. And then the sermon. And then at the end of the sermon, I will uh, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. And then I will invite people to stay for communion if they you know, are part of, our ch- part of a church in good standing. And I explain that during the next five minutes or so, you can greet one another, you know, catch up talk to one another, see how you can pray for one another. Our kids are going to come back into the sanctuary. They're going to sit with their parents. During this time, you can go to the back of the room and pick up the bread and the juice for communion, and then I'll call us back together. And if I have a couple announcements, I'll do them then. And then we take communion. Communion is the very last thing we do before we are sent out, and then I will speak like a formal benediction over the congregation. So, yeah, that's how – I mean, that's how we've been doing it. We're thinking about switching things back up, but – Frankly, new people have all been really positive about that order of service. That's kind of something I've never really seen before. Um, and our people really like it. They like the fact that the greeting time doesn't feel rushed because I can, like, if they're still greeting, I can, it doesn't matter. I can let them go another three, four minutes if they want to. You know, I don't have to, like, call them back together because it's, it's not part of the, like, public service. Like, the live stream has ended and everything just gets a lot more informal at that time. And part of that is, you know what, we are a small church. We're not, we're not going to be big and formal. That's just who we are. So, um, that's been real positive for us. Well, that's good. Well, Hey, I want to hear more from people. If you, um, have brought something back, um, let's share it. Talk, tell us in the Facebook group, put it in the comments somewhere. We want to know what have you brought back, um, that you had to, you know, step, to put to a side during COVID, you've brought it back. What is that thing, and uh, and how's it going? How do people? How are people responding to it? All right. Mm. Hey, well, thanks for uh, chatting with uh, with me and Jeff. Thanks for listening. We we even just the two of us, we were able to talk for for about an hour. But hey, we want to uh, hear from you. Join our Facebook group. Um, join. Uh, follow us on Instagram. All the things. Follow Jeff and I personally on our Instagram. We would love to have you there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we hope to, to hear from you with that said, we also want to see you this February, February, 2023, the 20th to the 22nd at, uh, uh, 
is it is it Newport Ritchie or is it Trinity? Uh Trinity at the newly renovated Lakeview Church. The newly looks renovated, amazing. Lakeview. Oh, she's Tarpon Springs. It's 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 going to be in Florida. We can't wait to see you there. The greater Tampa area. Yeah, Tampa Bay area. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tampa is a city. Tampa Bay is the like, seven two seven. Tampa Bay is like basically all Central Florida to some degree. But hey, we can't wait to see you there. Go to the conference, privatelypastoringconference.com. With that being said, it's really short. I'm Frank Gill. I'm Jeff Simpson. And that's everybody. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye. Later. Thanks for listening. Get connected to other pastors by joining the Practically Pastoring Facebook group, where we get to share ideas and make each other better.